And good morning again. All right, let's see here. It's like Glenn and Donna have got children's church, so 12 and under, go over for, get prepared. Downstairs. And let's see, is they're heading over for that wider than snow? Number 183 is what we'll use for our hymn of invitation this morning. So go ahead if you want to mark that in your hymnals. And certainly good to be here. Again, good to see everybody out this morning and good to have everybody here with us. Uh, if you're visiting, I want to invite you to be back with us anytime that you can. Uh, if you're logging into Facebook or onto YouTube later, we want to uh, welcome you and then also invite you to be with us uh, in person uh, if you're able to do that. But uh, certainly we're glad that you're here sharing, sharing worship time with us. And it's always a privilege for me to stand here and share God's Word with you. In uh, 18 years, as I was telling, as we talked about earlier, uh, next year uh, will be my 20th year in the ministry. So mo the bulk of that, uh, if you remember, I was ordained in 2003. So uh, it's, it's time has flown by. Uh, and uh, Certainly, uh, I appreciate this day where you recognize me and, and my family and, but, uh, uh, and it, the dinner. I really appreciate that, certainly, and, and the, the work that you've put in, and, and it's, it's really appreciated. And uh, if I'm successful in ministry, if anybody ever looks at me or yeah, history looks back at me uh, in our community and, and I'm ever considered successful, uh, it's large in part because of you folks. It's not necessarily because of me. I'm just willing, but you folks uh, make it easy to be a success. I was doing a little work on the tractor yesterday. Actually, I was bush hogging is what I was doing. And, and I have discovered if you drive around in a circle for four hours at about five or six miles an hour, you can do a lot of thinking uh, while you're doing that. And uh, you don't have to put a lot of concentration to what you're doing, just a lot, of, a lot of time looking through the windshield. And I was thinking about this congregation uh, in light of today's uh, sermon and, and what we we're looking at. And, and I was thinking about how many changes has taken place since Carol and I first started coming to church here, which would have been April, I think, of 1993 we started coming back. Of course, I had been here as a, as a child coming for Sunday school and that. Uh, but a lot of changes has taken place. Uh, we've seen a lot of people come and go uh, from this congregation. We've, we've had bigger numbers, certainly. We've had smaller numbers uh, than we've had. This congregation has endured the loss of elders and deacons and Sunday school teachers and people that serve in other capacities. And I don't mean just by death. I mean by uh, some type of uh, disability or something. Uh, we've seen a lot of uh, uh, things in the past couple of years, obviously, with the pandemic. And that's taken some brothers and sisters out of our midst uh, in both ways, uh, either by... Uh, they have passed away or, or they're just not able to get out anymore due to that. But in all of that, as I was thinking about that, in, in spite of all of the things that we as a congregation have faced, the changes, uh, we still serve. We come here each week. We come here on Sundays and Wednesdays. We offer up our worship. We serve our community. And we continue to move forward. And I think that is what God would have us to do regardless of our numbers, regardless of the things that we face as a congregation, I think that we're called to continue to move forward 
as a congregation because there, there's a lot of things on the other side of that. We're able to, uh, to now, I look back and think, we have more ministries that you can be involved in here now in the church than we've ever had that I can remember uh, even when we first started. So if you want a place to serve, you, you can find something to serve in here. We're able to reach out and bless folks through tragedies or, or other circumstances uh, financially uh, or with other means better than we have ever been able to do. And Harold mentioned that uh, in, whenever he was talking earlier. So we see that our numbers may not always be as what they once were, but our spirit is as big as it has ever been, I believe. And it's an honor to be associated with this congregation. And I believe it's one of the strongest congregations in the area, myself. So this morning I want to look at a couple of points that will keep us all on that same track. And I, I titled uh, this morning's sermon, The Success of a Congregation. And I really have just kind of looked out at you folks to determine this. And these are my observations. So if you would, turn with me over into the Gospel of Luke chapter 3, or 15 rather. Luke 15, verses 3 through 7. And this is going to be one of those parables that we're very familiar with. About the parable of the lost sheep. And Luke writes, beginning in verse 3. And he spake this parable unto them, saying, what man of you, having a hundred sheep, if he loses one of them, doth not leave the ninety and nine in the wilderness and go after that which is lost until he find it? And when he hath found it, he layeth it on his shoulders, rejoicing. And when he cometh home, he calleth together his friends and neighbors, saying unto them, Rejoice with me, for I have found my sheep which was lost. I say unto you that likewise joy shall be in heaven over one sinner that repenteth more than over the 99 just persons which have no need or no repentance. Of course, we know this story is about a man that, that had a hundred sheep and one wandered off and, and he left those that, that didn't wander away and he went out to seek and to find that one that was lost. And when he found it, doesn't say how much effort that he went into, but it, we know that he left his sheep in the wilderness to go find this one. We know that he put forth effort to go find this one sheep. And then when he found that he was glad. Doesn't say that he was mad, that he punished the sheep, that he'd done anything in retribution to the sheep. He said he rejoiced and he placed the sheep upon his shoulders and carried it back to the flock, telling his family's friends and neighbors, rejoice with me, for I found the one sheep. And then Jesus goes on to tell us that it's the same way in heaven. Once one sinner repents and comes to salvation, the same joy as that person had is shared amongst all believers, those that have no need for repentance. And that's one thing that I think that this congregation does really well. Sheep and shepherds, we know they're popular themes in the Bible. Believers are often referred to as sheep. And as I mentioned in the past, today that's kind of a detrimental term. The people use the word sheep in a different light. But I want to tell you, and I'll state it again, I always want to be considered a sheep in the flock of the Lord. And I hope that you do too, because that's not detrimental. That's something that we should desire to be, because Jesus is the, the good shepherd. 
and he's the one that we should be following after and be placing our care uh, in his hands. And I also want us to think about that as a, as a congregation, as we do, is continue that strategy to, to reach out in our community. And we have to realize and understand in the day and age that we live in, that's a wilderness out there. That is a wilderness out there, and there are all kinds of sheep out there right now wandering in that wilderness. Unprotected, they don't know Jesus Christ as their Savior. They don't have the power of the Holy Spirit to sustain them during difficult times. And that's how we have to view people that are outside of a relationship with Christ, is that they're just the same as this sheep that Jesus talks about here. They're out there, they're alone, and they need someone to go out and say, I care about you. Let me carry the load for you. Come back. We're all going to rejoice because we're bringing you into the safety of the flock that is shepherded by Jesus. And it's the same way with ministers. We have that same uh, view. We want to maintain what we have. Uh, any preacher would, wants to try to care for the flock as much as he can, but he also knows that there are sheep out there, there are people out there that need the Lord. And you share that view. You, you show that by the things that we do, the, the actions that we take, and how much that, that we give ourselves in order to reach out to those folks that are out in that wilderness without the protection of the Lord. So, the first thing I want you to be reminded of how we continue what I see being successful about this congregation, which makes me a success, is number one, is we're active in this congregation. And I want to continue to encourage you to be active. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 25. And oftentimes we look at this scripture and we just think about this and relate it to, oh, well, that means that I can't miss church, that I shouldn't miss church. But, you know, and when I was studying and reading on this, and I began to think about it more in the, the terms of the congregation as a whole. In Hebrews chapter 10, verse 25, it says, Not forsaking the assembling of yourselves together, as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another, and so much the more as you see the day approaching. Now, that, again, we often think about that, use that, piece of scripture to encourage people to come to church and it rightfully so but he doesn't say the writer doesn't say to come, the assembling together to come for worship does he? he he doesn't say come together for Wednesday night Bible study he doesn't say Sunday evening services he says not forsaking the assembly of yourselves together and I think that we need to look at that. That's not only including our regular worship service. Yes, Sunday morning, Bible school, Sunday evening services, Wednesday night. But what about the assembling of ourselves together when we do the uh, Operation Christmas Child packing party? What about the assembling of ourselves together whenever we do the trunk or treat ministry to where we outreach into the community? And the assembling of ourselves with the... Uh, Resurrection Day services for the children with the egg hunt and all the other things that we do as a congregation, would those not be included in what the Hebrew writer is saying? That we should not forsake ourselves or forsake the assembly together of brothers and sisters in Christ. 
And I think that we need to expand that out to it's not just church. I don't know who compartmentalized that to say, oh, well, that's just talking about church. I, I, can't, uh, I can't miss church because that's what it says in the Bible. I shouldn't forsake going to church because that's what the Hebrew writer says. But I think more importantly, we have to look at this as the whole scope of this congregation. Anytime that brothers and sisters are congregating or meeting together, we should be part of that because of the strengthening that it gives, the fellowship that it gives, the, the, the union of common purpose that it shows with us as well. I want you to turn over to Romans chapter 13, verse 11. I don't have a slide on this. Sorry, guys, I put this in this morning as I was going over this. And that knowing the, that Paul writes the church at Rome, the time that is now is high time to awake out of sleep. For now is our salvation nearer than we believe. Do we know the times that we live in, folks? I'm not trying to scare nobody. It ain't my job to scare you. Are we awake and we realize the times that we live in? The things that's going on in this world around us? The things that we hear on the news, though I try not to watch much news, just to be perfectly honest with you. I try to read a little bit just to kind of keep up with the, with the modern events. But I want you to just now, just now that I put that thought in your mind, I want you to think about that and listen to the scripture once again, Romans chapter 13, verse 11. And that, knowing the time that now is high time to awake out of sleep, for now is our salvation nearer than we believed. I still firmly believe, unless the Lord intervenes in some way, revival throughout not only this state, nation, and world, I still believe my generation, should I live to be the average age, will see Jesus Christ return. That is where we are. That's how I view the world that we live in. It is time that we wake up, is what he's saying. Our salvation is nearer than we believe. Now, I know that's, that we don't like to think about that as young people, younger people. I'm not classifying myself. Uh, the one call proved that whenever I can't get things right. Memory's going. But you younger people, <laughs> I realize you don't like to think about the things that I'm just talking about right now. And, and I don't mean to say that to, to depress you or anything. I want to, I want to just warn you and remind you that we could hear the trumpet sound any day. And it would be the things that are in the Bible that says that it's going to have to happen before Jesus returns. They're there. And they've been there for some time. Any day we could hear the trumpet sound and Christ could return. Our salvation is closer than we believe, folks. Why would we not assemble together with brothers and sisters at every opportunity who we're going to hope to be spending eternity with anyway? Why not get some good practice in on being with each other a lot more? Why not continue to be of support and encouragement? Because you can't go out in this world and tell me that you don't need the support of a brother and sister in Christ the way this world is today. The way that people treat each other, talk to each other, act toward each other. The things, even just driving up and down the road, sometimes you, you take uh, your safety into your own hands because people are angry driving up and down the road. People are distracted with other things driving up and down the road. People are high on drugs driving up and down the road. 
We need the support of one another. We need to be active in our congregation with all the activities and programs that we have. I'm not saying you have to do everything that we do, but you should be doing involved in something that we do. If you're not, then I'm not fussing at those of you that are active. And I'm not fussing at those of you that are not active at all. I don't want you to look at it that way. I just want to encourage you to come and be part of this church family. You can't segregate yourself on earth and plan on being with those same group of people in heaven. It makes no sense to me <laughs> at all. So let us be active in our congregation. Be part of the flock. Don't separate yourself from the fellowship of other Christians because you're separating yourself from the very support system that God put into place. And watch out for danger. That's our second point. Luke chapter 10, verse uh, 3. Luke 10. You want to turn over there with me? 10, 3. Jesus is sending out the 70 here. Two by two group of uh, 35 groups of pairs, rather. Go your way. Behold, I send you forth as lamb among wolves. Lambs among wolves, and that's the condition that we are in, folks. When you're a Christian and you step out of your house, you step out of this church, and you go out into that wilderness, you are a lamb amongst wolves. Even in southeastern Kentucky, even in London, Kentucky, we have people that do not share your view of God. They do not share your respect of God. They do not share your desire to be a servant of God, and they will ridicule you because of it. It's not like uh, we see in big cities, but it's not far away. It's where we're sending our kids to go off to school, in many cases. You'll see it in Richmond, Kentucky. You'll see it in Lexington, Kentucky. You'll see it down in Nashville, Knoxville, and all the larger surrounding cities that we have, Bowling Green. Any place that you can point to, you're going to see people that have more disdain for God than they have respect for God. So we have to be on the watch for wolves. Because we have to realize that when we step out, we are, in fact, a sheep in the Lord's flock. And there are wolves out there that are willing to devour us. They're willing to do harm to us. False prophets, sometimes that happens within our church, too. That's sad to say. That's sad to say. We have wolves. Uh, we have things to be in danger here, even within our own walls sometimes. Even, and what, what are you talking about, Rob? You're just, you, just, you just said you wanted me to come in here and be with these people. Now you're telling me there could be a wolf amongst us. And they could be. And that's what we have to understand. Sometimes wolves have been injured from something that someone has said or done in the past. And they have a bad, a bad uh, attitude. Their heart is hurt. Their feelings is hurt. And they're going to say something about someone else, not in the presence of many, but in the presence of a few. And they begin to build that, that same following. They begin to continue to change people's minds. And then we see that all throughout a congregation. I don't think it happens here. I pray it doesn't. But it's possible. It's possible that that can happen. We have to, to, to listen to what we're seeing on TV. I know a lot of folks listen to sermons on, on television. Not as much on the radio anymore because there's not that many there. But there is a few. But on television, there's all kinds of false prophets that's spreading uh, 
gospels other than that of Jesus Christ. They're preaching things that's not in the Bible. They're manipulating the scriptures that sounds good, but it's not truth. That's a wolf in sheep's clothing. Whenever we're a lamb, we subject ourselves to that wolf when we allow that person in our life. Make sense what I'm saying? When you allow a wolf to come inside your barn lot, then you're saying, okay, I'm going to take the consequences of having a wolf in amongst defenseless sheep. And we would none of us knowingly do that, would we? We wouldn't want something that's intentionally going to come in to our families and harm them, but we have to be aware that that's what Jesus is saying. Even though this group, these 35 pairs that went out to preach the gospel and do miracles and heal, they went out to serve the Lord. And that's what we do each and every day, that we walk out as a Christian. When we walk out of our homes, we're in the same way. We're, we're lambs among wolves. So we have to be aware and watch out for danger. And I want to help if there's issues Harold wants to help if there's issues. Tony and Ernie want to help if there's issues within this church. But listen, folks, we can't address something we don't know. We're not mind readers. If there's issues within the congregation ever, I'm not saying that there is now, but I'm saying if we ever have issues, if there's things that need to be addressed, for, for heaven's sake, bring it to one of the leaders of this church so that we can get it addressed instead of letting it grow when people have more hurt feelings and things that keep them pushed away from the congregation. So be active in the congregation, but watch out for the dangers. Because we know that the devil, our adversary, we know this scripture, don't we? He goes about like a, a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. That's even inside the churches, folks. Satan would love nothing better than to have an injured Christian, an injured sheep inside of a congregation wreaking havoc inside that congregation, working from within. So let's be aware of those things. Watch out. There are so many wolves out there. I think I've got another. Go to my next slide, Dawson. Yeah, it's not a real good picture. But you can see old Mr. Wolf right there in the middle amongst all them sheep and he's got a little grin on his face because he's doing stuff that wolves do. And we gotta remember that can happen, folks. That can happen. You can't get support, let me say this, you can't get support from a group of people you don't associate with. And on the flip side of that, you can't blame a church for not being of any help to you if you're not in touch with that church, if you're not associated with, if you're not vitally important or involved in what that church does. Let's look at this last point. Psalm 63, verse 8. Psalm 63, verse 8 says this. My soul followeth hard after thee. My right, thy right hand upholdeth me. You got to get close to the preacher, but you know who you got to be closer to? You got to be closer to the Lord. Be close to the people in this church. If I can help you in some, some way, get closer to me. I try to be approachable to anybody. I try to take time out of any day to help anyone that, that needs my help. 
But if you are not close to me, how can you say you're close to the Lord? And I'm not demanding that, that you have one over the other. But if you're reluctant to come to me with a problem where I can help you here and, and know you personally, then you may be reluctant to come to the Lord with a problem is what I'm saying. And I'm not saying I have the power of, the, of God. Don't, <laughs> I've not went there yet. All right. But what I am saying is, is I can help. And if I can't help, I know the person that can. And all your brothers and sisters in Christ know that. They know the person that can help you through these things. We have uh, folks that, that have shared similar experiences with people that are able to help. I've had some experiences in my life that I can help. I know experiences people have went through in this congregation that you may not, and I may be able to put you together with them. That's what I'm talking about, how I can help you. But you've got to get closer to Jesus. It says here he's following close behind in this. Verse 8, some of your translations may say, Because uh, my soul followeth close behind thee, thy right hand upholdeth me. Do you do that? Do you follow close behind the Lord? Are you engaged in prayer and, and study each day of your life? Do you, do you have a good prayer life? Do you have a good uh, study life where you read God's word and you meditate on God's word? Are you seeking close after the Lord? Because that's what's required of us to stay close to the shepherd. We've got to stay close to the shepherd when he wants to feed. Any, anybody that's, that ever owned an animal, when the shepherd calls or the, the herdsman calls, what happens to the animals? They come because we're going to be fed. We're going to be fed. What about, what about when Jesus calls, when God says, when God's word says, forsake not the assembling of yourselves together, do we realize and recognize, oh, I'm going to get fed. I need to come together uh, with my brothers and sisters and be fed. It may be fed from the word by a Sunday morning sermon, Sunday evening sermon, or Wednesday night Bible study. You may be fed by being part of one of these activities, by a, a blessing by seeing the effect that it has on a, a, another believer or even more so the effect that it has on someone outside of Christ. We have to change the way we think about being fed. I'm fed whenever I serve the Lord. I'm fed whenever I do the things that he calls for me to do. And assembling together and doing that as a group is just like a herd of animals coming together for the shepherd to feed. So we have, to, we have to think on things that way, folks. We have to think on We should not any further. I heard a sermon the other day. Uh, I listened to one on the, the Internet. A really good sermon. Can't even. Uh, it was one of them videos I didn't plan on watching. I got tied up and watched it and listened to the sermon, and it was gone before I could get the, the, the gentleman's name that preached it. But one thing that struck me that he said is Christians today, we have surrendered our power of the Holy Spirit and the guide that God has left for us to walk successful. We have surrendered that to the world's activities. We have surrendered that to the world's demands. We have the power and the gift of the Holy Spirit to guide us, to protect us, to lead us down the path. But we surrender that whenever we chase after other, other things. And we give up the Holy Spirit's power because we're giving something else power over our lives. 
And that's why whenever I look out amongst this congregation, I can see why it's successful. It's been successful for a long time, long before I was ever here. And if, if the Lord waits before he sends Jesus, probably long beyond whenever I'm gone from, the, from this world. Because the people that occupy this congregation come together in order to serve God, not themselves. They come here to reach out to the sheep that's in the wilderness. And for a time that I have been blessed to be part of this congregation, I have been able to serve with you. And it's been an honor to do that. And I, it's going to continue to be an honor to serve in the future. And I just want us to understand and, and realize the mission that we're on and the importance of assembling together because our time is short on this earth, folks. I never thought whenever I would listen uh, in my younger days to some of the old, older preachers that I would hear on the radio and they talk about uh, how quickly the Lord was coming to be prepared, I thought to myself, well, I, I, I never uh, imagined myself standing before a group of people proclaiming that Christ could return tomorrow. But yet that's exactly the truth that I believe in my heart from the scriptures. And I believe that's where we are in this world today. And even if I'm wrong, even if I'm wrong in that, what have we lost but service to the Lord, uh, adding more service to the Lord, I mean. We've lost nothing. We've only gained more days of service for God. So I want you to consider that this morning. I want you to consider uh, where are you as far as your activity in this congregation. Maybe you, you do a lot. We have a lot of people that do a lot of stuff. And we have a lot of people that do a little stuff. And we have some people that do nothing. And I want to encourage you to ask yourself like I asked last week. Is where you are where you think the Lord would have you to be? And you answer that for yourself. I'm not going to judge you. If you, if you think that the Lord would have you to be more active in this congregation, to get more support, then I want you to be involved more. But here's something I want us to consider. Those that do not know Jesus Christ, if you, if you are here this morning and you have never accepted Christ as your Savior, you've never become part of the congregation, part of the flock, I want you to consider that today, that invitation today. Why would you living in the wilderness world that we live in today, why would you go one more day without the protection and the support of the Lord and brothers and sisters in Christ to help you along your way? Hearing, believing the word. That's the first things you have to do. And once you have that hearing and that belief, then you must confess your sins and repent and confess Jesus Christ as, as your Savior. You're buried with him in the likeness of his death. Raise that new creation. You've received the gift of the Holy Spirit and the remission of your sins. You come out of that water a new man, a new woman. And you walk faithful, serving, part of a congregation until Christ returns or we're called away in death. Now maybe you're here this morning and you've accepted Christ, but you realize, you know what? I'm in that one little sheep that's always could see inside of the flock, but I was never part of the flock. I've got a cow that way right now. She's always inside of the other group of cattle that I have, but she's never with them. And I don't know 
I, maybe they treat her bad. <laughs> maybe she don't like them. She comes in to feed, but she always outside the flock or outside the little herd of cows I've got. Don't be like that. That's not the way Christians should be. We shouldn't be just outside looking in. Yeah, I'm actually in the same fence as these cows, but I'm not part of that group. That's not what God would have us to be. God would have us to be a group together, always coming together. So maybe something's happened in your walk with the Lord. Maybe something's happened in this congregation and it needs to be repaired. Let's do that. Let's get that fixed. And let's move forward together as one group continuing to serve and to bring sheep out of the wilderness to the salvation of the Lord. We're going to sing a hymn of invitation this morning. Whiter than snow, 183, verses 1 and 3. If you have a decision to make, let me encourage you to come as we stand and sing. Verses 1 and 3.